We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Alexander. McCollum staying with him. Spins, gets inside. Left-handed off the glass. Oh, what a sweet move. Giddy, tough spot. Back door. What a pass. What a play. And Jada picks the pocket of Trey Young. He'll take it himself. This isn't Gart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up? And welcome to the Uncontested post-game podcast i'm your host for the night nick running solo as the thunder beat the pistons by a final score of 124 to 112 we are part of the blue wire podcast network and if you don't already please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts follow us on social media i don't even know all the social media outlets anymore but if it's out there you can follow us. We're on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Blue Sky, Threads, wherever you can find podcasts and social media content. We are out there. Um, this game, while it was a 12-point win by the Thunder, I think was a lot more of a blowout win than a final score would suggest. This team was up by 20 points during certain periods of the game. Um, Early on, the Thunder really took control. And I think what is more interesting about this game is the thematics throughout the game and like leading up to it. What I mean by that, Um, Oklahoma City started the season 2-0, right? They entered the home opener against the Denver Nuggets. Obviously, the reigning champs, Nikola Jokic, Michael Porter Jr., who's never seen a shot he doesn't like, Jamal Murray, like a good team. Like, literally just one of all. Like, if you're going to build a team and try to emulate anything, it is the Denver Nuggets. The consistency, the homegrown, like, that is what the Thunder is striving for. There was four teams in the Western Conference that were undefeated entering Sunday night. Dallas, New Orleans, OKC, Denver. So there's a real chance if you beat Denver in your home opener, you're one of three teams 
more likely like by the time Monday comes around, like you're one of two or three teams, like at most that's undefeated. The national media would have lost its mind. Like everybody, if, if you follow basketball, you know, Oklahoma city is on the come up. If you beat Denver in your home opener and you go three and oh, the roof, the roof comes down, right? Obviously, we know if, if you watch the game at the game, listen to the podcast last night, didn't happen that way, right? Oklahoma City lost big time. Um, some would say it's like an eye-opening, humbling game. I think it's more of just like context. As good as OKC is, they're three games into the season with their core four uh, playing the reigning champs. And as good as they are, they're nowhere near as good as they're going to be in game 50. And there's a real like step change difference between a young rising team and the world champions, right? We all knew that, but it kind of took like seeing it on the court to be like, man, th- th- there's a lot of work to do. Sure, Oklahoma City shot horribly from the floor. Shea had his worst game in a Thunder uniform. Like, think about stage, expectations, home open. Put it all together, probably Shea's worst game. Denver could not miss. Like, the guys that you bank on missing shots. Like, think, think Michael Porter Jr. He's the guy that, when he's on... If he's hitting, not much you can do. If he's missing, like you're like, dude, shoot the ball. Like he he will not pass. Everything went in Denver's favor. Everything went against OKC. But even in like a really even matchup, Denver is is much better than Oklahoma City today on what is it? Monday, October 30th. It's almost midnight. We're almost to Halloween. By the time you probably listen to this podcast, it'll be Halloween. But in late October. Denver's a lot better than OKC. I think even in February, Denver will be a lot better than OKC. I think that gap will close. Like Denver will get better. But Oklahoma City will probably get incrementally better than Denver this season, given the young roster, who they have, where they're going. Like a year from now, they'll probably be a lot closer to to even. Like Denver should still be better. They're, They're a world champion, right? But that's the benchmark. So coming off, the, the reason I mentioned all this, like I know we're six minutes in the pod, we haven't even talked about the Pistons game. The reason I mentioned that is because that game is a gut punch. As somebody that covers the team or as somebody that watches the team, as a fan of the team, wherever you sit, that was a bad game. Like Oklahoma City got worked. Second night of a back-to-back is hard. I don't care if it's a team of young 21, 22, 23, 25 year olds playing on the second night of a back-to-back is really hard. And you think a team like this may come out and be a little bit slow. No. Oklahoma City came out through the first, the second, the third punch. And while as the game went on, like I mentioned at the top of the show, while Detroit made it a 12 point game, and the final score, Oklahoma City was up 20 at points. Like, this was Oklahoma City's game by a long shot. 
Again, Chet, three of three in the first quarter. Just like the Denver game, when Chet was seven, Denver was six. Tonight, it was Chet, nine, Detroit, eight. Like, he is outscoring teams early in the first quarter. So, first thing that comes to mind, Chet Holmgren can score early and often. Like, when, when the team is like, we need buckets, Chet gets you buckets. When you look at his first four games holistically, remove Detroit for a second. First game for Chet was good relative to a rookie. Um, I think he even said post game after game two, game one was not what he was expecting. It was not up to his expectations. Game two against Cleveland was the defense game. Chet has seven blocks and a win over the Cavs. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Defense was nuts. The offense was still solid. Like it was like a step change up in scoring production. But it was a defensive game. Game three against uh, the Nuggets, like we just mentioned, outscored the Nuggets early in the first quarter, ends up having his best scoring game of his career, although it's early. But the defensive disruptiveness and production wasn't there. So like Chet's had the debut. Chet's had the defensive game. Chet's had the offensive game. Game four, like, you kind of put it together. And that, that's what you want out of a star is, like, a guy, especially a guy like Chet, that you know can be a generational, game-changing talent on both ends. You want to see it on, on both sides of the ball consistently. And that's really hard as a rookie. Like, I wouldn't expect Chet to be good every game, as good as he is. Tonight, um... 14 points on four or five shooting. The dude didn't shoot a shot inside the arc. And while I'm sure there's people on Twitter talking crap that Chet Holmgren at 7-1 didn't take a shot in the paint, why would you when you're four or five from deep? I'd also argue when you can score 14 points on five shots, 
what more do you want offensively, right? Like there will be games where Chet will take 18 to 20 shots this season, whether that's because there's injuries or because he's getting to a spot or because he's being schemed into it or because he just flat out needs to. Chet will take the shots all over the floor. Like, frankly, anywhere that Chet can get a good look, he's going to take it. Three-point line, mid-range, in the paint, transition, you name it. Chet will shoot the ball. Tonight didn't need to, right? It was a, again, 12-point win. It was a blowout game the majority of the time. Five shots, 14 points, bonkers. Um, you look defensively, Chet also looked really, really solid. Um, I think that everybody likes to think about in the preseason. He's a guy that you see teams drive the lane and they just flat out stop. They'll drive the lane. They'll try to score. And it's just, it's, it's over. Like they, 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 they stop their dribble. They either take a dumb pull-up shot or they dribble out. And it's like, that was a Chet play. He may not have blocked the shot, but he, he essentially killed your offensive possession. And there's not, I mean, there's, there's a hundred something possessions in every NBA game tonight. I think in the first half, there was four or five that Chet just like flat out stopped. And so defensively, <laughs> I say all this. He finishes with four blocks and two steals, which is ridiculous. But there was many more plays defensively that his impact was felt and, and changed the game. So big picture, my point is that Chet Holmgren had a really good, efficient offensive game with 14 points on five shots, but also had six stocks. And so you start to see both ends come together, and it's super impressive. Could he come out Wednesday against the Pelicans and really struggle? Sure, he definitely could. But when you see both ends be super productive, he's got to figure out that consistently. And I think as early as this season, if not next season, you start to look at him as a guy that's a real game changer. And again, the Thunder three and one, like they look like a really, really good team in the West. They'll be tested this week. They've got Zion and the Pelicans who were a top four seed when Zion was healthy last year. They've got Steph Curry and the Warriors on Friday. Like this is, this is no easy road this week. This is no easy road over the 82 game season. This is no easy road in this conference. But when you got a guy that's a rookie in terms of experience that can actually change the game and give you, and he played 24 minutes, but he was, he was like the guy that set the tone. That's remarkable. So again, I've been ranting about Chet Holmgren. Dude is good. Um, we're starting to see it come together right in front of our eyes. Another theme in this game that was interesting was the rotations. Um, Bertans was a guy that we have not seen play this season. Like preseason, the dude was stroking it from deep. He was scoring in a hurry shot, like 50 something percent from beyond the arc. He's a shooter, no doubt. Um, he plays in the first quarter tonight after being no part of the rotation all season long. 
The dude comes out tonight. He plays 13 minutes, three of three from the line on a, on a fouled three point attempt, one of two from deep. He scores six points in 13 minutes and it was a plus eight. Like he's paid 16 and a half million. He's never going to live up to that in Oklahoma city or anywhere. But when you think about a guy that could have a Renaissance or like that bench spark tonight, it didn't really matter. Like they didn't need Bertans to come in and be the spark. But he, he, he can clearly be that guy. And I think that was something tonight that was interesting, not only in the fact that he played well, but in the fact that the rotations were very different than Knights 1 through 3. I think that shows Mark and the staff are going to play a lot of crazy lineups early to get data on different lineups and see what works and what doesn't work. I also think that come November, we're going to see some guys go play G League minutes and we're going to see some even more interesting lineups. And so until like Christmas time, nobody knows what's going to happen in these lineups. Like I think we could all agree. The thunder will play well. The starting five is probably going to stay consistent barring injury, but the rotation could be really variable moving forward. Um, another guy, like I mentioned, Olivier Saar that played early and often he finished with 21 minutes, nine boards, three blocks. He's a guy again, Came in the first quarter, shockingly. Um, he's he's on a two-way contract. He's a guy that I did not think would play a lot this season. Didn't think he's a guy that's going to come in and play actual minutes, like first quarter minutes in a game like this. Um, he will go down and play G League, given he's on a two-way contract. But like in Jay Will's absence, Olivier Sar has been solid. I'm not going to say he's been like great. He's been good he's been solid um at 7-1 with his weight and size like this team that lacks a real seven foot like chet is 7-1 and super long and can block shots but he he lacks the mass i almost wonder if olivier sar ends up being a guy again jay will is thick and does a lot of things that chet can't but he's undersized. I almost wonder if Olivier Sar is like that third punch that although he's on a two-way contract, we see him play quite a bit this season. Um, on that note, you think about Chet, you think about Olivier Sar, you think about, you know, Usman Jang, who had a really good night as well. Four or four from the floor, two, two from three, 10 points, two assists. Kind of a perfect game. Um, Case and Wallace, uh, one of two from the floor, O of one from three, finally misses a three-point shot. There's guys that are contributing, but defensively is where things got interesting. Um, Jalen Duran's a guy that has gotten the national media's attention for putting up bonker stats. And on the surface, you would think this is a night where although Chet's incredible defensively, um, Chet at the college level has played really well against Duran. Kind of got a feeling that like Chet and Isaiah Stewart and uh, Marvin Bagley and James Wiseman who didn't play tonight all have the size to like like get in the paint and just like bully Chet. He may get in foul trouble. He may block shots. But overall, like you, you feel kind of good about being a big physical team. Jalen Duran coming into this game, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it feels like he's averaged like seventeen and. 14 to start the season small sample size tonight the dude has eight points and seven rebounds on four of 11 shooting while that is not a 
bad line for a guy that's 19 year old, 19 years old in 23 minutes. That is the biggest letdown of the season for Jalen Duran relative to the first three games. This team, Chet, Sar, schematically shut that dude down. That was a big thing. Um, Sar Thompson is nasty. The dude's got a long way to go to polish his offense, but he finishes with 15 points, 10 boards, three assists, three blocks, a steal, uh, six of 14 from the floor. Like he's, it's a really weird lineup they run where like you got Beef Stew and Duran, who are these big, beefy, physical front court players. And then Asar Thompson, who's like this wing that also produces like a four. All that to say, Detroit's a really interesting team that actually should be halfway competitive in the Eastern Conference this year. Oklahoma City blew them out. Big time. Uh, Second out of back-to-back after a gut punch loss to the Nuggets. Just super impressive stuff from the Thunder. Um, I want to talk through a couple more lines tonight. SGA, I mentioned this top of the show, finally gets to the free throw line. The dude averages, you know, some of the most free throw uh, attempts last season didn't get any calls to start the year, especially against Denver. Not that it probably would have mattered. He goes nine of nine from the the free throw line tonight, although he was 11 of 23 from the floor, has 32 points, nine assists, four, no, nine rebounds, four assists, three steals. Five turnovers, unlike him, but he's he's trying to do a lot right now. J-Dub, 19 points, seven rebounds, six assists. We already talked about Chet. Giddy struggled early. Like, if you watched this game, you started to feel like, man, Josh Giddy struggled the, la- the, the, the first 10, 15 games of last season. Is he just a guy that struggles early and needs to get in his groove? We don't know if this was a game where he gets in his groove and like really hits that stride. But late in this game, he started to get it. You know, he he had lead ball handling duties when the game pulled out of reach. Um, Mark gave him like the, the keys to close the game out. He finishes with 21.7 rebounds, three assists, a steal, and a block. Just one turnover, 50% from the floor, 0 of 2 from 3, which... I mean, Josh isn't a great three-point shooter. Kind of expect that. And then Lou Dort, seven points, two steals, a block, two rebounds, uh, three of seven from the floor, one of four from three. Like, you look at that stat line, not great. But Lou's actually played really, really well early in the season. Is he part of, like, the core five, the long-term starting lineup? Probably not. Maybe. Like, would it shock me if a year from now Lou was still starting for this team and they're really competitive? No, he does a lot of great things. Um, coming into the season, he felt like the oddball out still kind of does, but he's actually been really effective. There, there's definitely the bonehead plays. You're like, man, this guy just doesn't have, didn't process the game at the same level as the other four starters in this court, but he still is an excellent defender. Does a lot of things, right? Um, Dort's just been solid to start the season. Um, Poku, gosh, it's a guy that extension eligible this off season, got hurt multiple times, has been non-existent to start the season. He played two minutes tonight. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole on this podcast. I think we'll probably do it on Sunday show. Um, interesting storyline there is where I'll leave that at. Um, but overall the bench solid outing, um, 
you know, something like 35 points based on what I'm looking at here. Isaiah Joe, three of five from deep, keeps doing what he's doing. I t- mentioned Kaysen. Didn't shoot the ball a lot, but um, he's just a pest, man. He, he does things defensively that just bother teams over the course of a, a 48-minute game. Um, but I think that's that's kind of my big thoughts on this game. Um, trying not to do too much of the play-by-play, uh, quarter-by-quarter stuff during this offseason. Just give you some, some big-picture thoughts. Uh, team looks good. That's that's my big takeaway. Three and one, entering a a tough stretch here against New Orleans and Golden State. They win even one of those two. You're looking at a team that's you know four and two early in the season. I mean, this is a team that looks like. I mean, we're again we're four games in. Looks like a team that actually could compete for a spot in the actual playoffs. I'm not saying like they're going to host home court. But they've looked better than a play into. Like they look like they're taking a step forward. Um, fatigue, injuries, all that stuff happens throughout a year. But all you can base this season off of is what you've seen. Teams looked good. Defense looks solid. Offense has a as, as a, a solid ceiling. Um, Oklahoma City looks really, really good. That in mind, we'll wrap it up here. Um, again, Oklahoma City will be at home on a homestand now. Uh, I think it's like a five or six game homestand. Good chance to really establish themselves. New Orleans Wednesday, Golden State Friday. We'll have all the coverage on social media. We'll be doing podcasts. Make sure you follow along. Until next time, and as always, 